Okay. And another week of FPL. All the good stuff, all the good action. How did you guys get on this week, points-wise? Um, I've had another belter of a week uh, from the three of us. 77 points. Uh, doubled up on Newcastle defense with, uh, what's it, Nick Pope and goal. And Shar. And then, I think it was the night before, Thomas. It was Friday night. You kept asking me why I still have Matoma. And this is exactly why I still have him for the 14-pointer. So, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Foden... Matoma, Salah, Holland, and then James Madison coming off with nine was was absolutely huge, and then S two as well with six. So yeah, seventy seven points altogether, and uh, rising up the ranks. I think I'm now like nine hundred k in the world or something like that. So yeah, nothing nothing to brag about, but very very happy with it. How about you, Lipton? All right, you want me? Um, I I finished on what was it like seventy six points? Um, could have been a better week. But to be fair, like in a week where a lot of people got 50 or 60 and kind of like got a big rank hit, um, I'll take it. I basically didn't move um, at all, but had some guys like Foden did well. Trippier was my my transfer in, which was huge. Um, sort of made up for getting rid of Bruno for Eze. Um, but yeah, honestly, decent week. Like could have been could have been a lot better. Gusto got me a red card, which was just a bit terrible. Um and weirdly, I was cons- I was like highly, highly considering playing Kabore, and somehow the man got an assist. So, um, yeah, I mean things could have been a bit better, but fifty fifties kind of went the wrong way. Got rid of Bruno instead of Rashford when I didn't like Rashford, but everyone was saying to keep Rashford. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised. Surprised none of you guys have mentioned Foden yet. He was a big, big hit for all of us this week. Uh, I, I just mentioned. I just mentioned him. I said, him. He said yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, I did slightly worse than you guys. I'm surprised. I'm actually really surprised that it was enough to be a red arrow because I thought 69 points, not not. I don't think it was awful, but I've still got a red arrow, and I'm not that high up in rank. So, must it was a very high scoring week all round for sure because I've got Foden, Son, Saka, you know, a stupid Yan, and I've got Share in defence. But obviously, that new big Newcastle defenders came through. Botman and Trippier, huge points. And, you know, my transfer this week didn't really do anything as a, but the first really, really frustrating one was I was talking to you boys all week about how I didn't think Trippier was going to start and I wanted to get Botman in. And I just thought, you know what, I just don't think Botman has a high enough ceiling and he goes ahead and scores and gets a clean sheet. <laughs> it's just so freaking frustrating. Like when that, when that goal went in, I was just looking at it, praying it was shit. And then Botman comes out celebrating. I'm just like, oh, for God's sake, this bloody guy who I was talking about all week. Just goes and scores. Um, but yeah, red slight red arrow. Like it was still a good week. Like Son, obviously, as Pet said before, two goals and making up for that minus four I did for him last week, uh, for Rashford. So that was a nice, nice little haul from him. And then yeah, we, we I said before, Foden finally getting the the points. And I was saying this, this to you guys as well. That would be very funny if it was Foden that hauled this week instead of Alvarez after all the sort of build up about Alvarez on on Twitter and that ended up being the case so it was very nice to see from our end because he's obviously the bigger differential now but yeah it was a yeah it was a good it was good high high scoring week which is always fun yeah it definitely was a fun game week lots going on um, I also it's I think with Foden Tom I quite like him doing well this game week because it makes me feel better about getting rid of him if he's got me some points mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are like that or you're the opposite of that um, but uh, yeah, he kind of he like justifies the transfer out yeah, well, yeah, more yeah. so just, oh, no, it's just, just yeah, more just like saying uh, a nice goodbye to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a solid game week. Um, but yeah, so let's look to game week seven, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess you can start off with, at some ways, with some of the guys who are iffy. So I think when we're talking about iffy players, we can be a lot more. That's a very generous way of talking about Chelsea players, I think. So <laughs> how would you? How would you, um, Pierce? Yeah, how, no, how they're do you not sort of weigh up Jackson. They're Chuck, not. They're Sterling. not iffy whatsoever. They should just be straight out of your team. I mean, Chelsea assets altogether, as we've seen up to now, game week six, they've been very on and off. I think Gusto was the big one for you, Thomas, and then Chilwell as well for you guys. I didn't have either of them. Um, I had Colwell for a bit and. I got rid of him for sure, and now I've, I've got Jackson, and he's going to make way since uh, he's got that yellow card for the uh, next match suspension against Fulham, which means probably Broha is going to start unless, like, Poch wants to play, like, Raheem Sterling at a false nine or something like that. I don't even know. But, yeah, Nico's definitely making way. Um, I wouldn't have any Chelsea defenders because Fulham's probably going to sneak a goal by someone in the same fashion that Villa did. So, yeah, I've just... They should be on the red list. Like, if you have a Chelsea player, just make sure to get them on the way out as soon as possible because I think they're terrible. I mean, Pierce, my, my Chelsea players are literally red listed. The Jackson, yeah, I know. The, <laughs> the <laughs> so, um, I, I'm definitely getting rid of Gusto just because the defense is what really needs uh, cleaning up in most of our teams. Um, I, I might just stick with Eze um, and play him in a 3 5 2. Uh, but could be a could be a minus four for another striker like Morris or someone like that. But you know, realistically, if I'm going to make a transfer this week up top, Morris or Archer are the only ones that really um, can be justified. And I don't know if either of them are really worth it at this point. I think I, I was meant to if I was going to do a minus four last week, I was going to do Morris in for Jackson then because um, it would have built enough funds for me to to get Trippier in for Gusto instead of Chilwell. Um, but Ended up not doing that. And now that I didn't get his Wolves points or anything like that, I just don't. I don't know if getting him for one game week is really, really worth it. Even though Jackson out is an obvious one and him in is quite decent this week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All together, um, like, yeah, it's nothing great, but just get get rid of him. I, Tom, I know you you spoke a little bit briefly before the pod about uh, Chilwell looking a little bit lively yeah, uh, when I mean, he came on. So I mean I was I was at that Chelsea game and you know what like even though Chelsea were down to ten men, Chilwell had a really big chance at one nil to to get an equaliser and probably should have buried it to be honest. And that's I mean that's kind of what Chilwell does. He, I think he's just always even when he's on the pitch just finds finds good positions whether that's on the wing which he did as well a few opportunities to get a proper ball in which he just didn't do. But sometimes he just can, and you know what and Gusto with that red card potentially means and you know. I think Pochettino also spoke about James's fitness just not being there yet. So what could happen is uh, DeSassi on the right, uh, Colwell back into centre-back, and then Chilwell at left-back. So what Chelsea have been doing where their right-back goes forward, I guess they just have to invert that now. And their left-back is now the more attacking one. Uh, so I think that puts Chilwell in a pretty good position to start against you know a team that me and Thomas always talk about targeting in Fulham. So I think now that I've got him, he's a hold. For this week in in particular, you know, we know how attacking he is. And you know what? Like 11 men this time while on the pitch, he should find some more positions. And again, you know what? His ceiling is high. You know what? Like, even though he's been so disappointing, I don't think you can deny that he has a high ceiling. Um, 
So, yeah, he's going to be a hold for me this week. I think that's honestly good. I, yeah. I somewhat, I, I kind of regret getting rid of Chilwell instead of Gusto. Um, I think in hindsight, obviously, it would have been a bit two more points. Um, but realistically, he's going to be a really good option at some point this season because there's just no way Chilwell stays out of that lineup forever. You know what I mean? There'll be periods where he's needed or uh, comes back into favour. So I'm waiting for those days um, and then getting him straight back in because, like you said, Tom, he's just such a high, high, uh, high ceiling asset. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, no getting back soon because obviously Chelsea have that ridiculously tough fixture run from game week nine. So I think it's potentially seven. I would give him a very good chance to start, like above 80% chance to start. And then depending on how he does, Burnley away, another okay fixture as, you know, for, from that sort of regard, attacking outlet. And then from there, like game week nine, he's a must sell. Every Chelsea player is a must sell um, from then on. So, yeah, I think when it comes to that, you're just holding on for just two more games, see if you can get the best out of him for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, genu- I genuinely think after what? After the Burnley game, yeah, game week seven, game week eight, we could honestly 007 ourselves. Like, yeah. I think I think we actually can do that, which is slightly depressing. It's, it's very true, because I was seeing that... Uh, that Nkunku is not even back until those tough tough fixtures are all finished. And yeah, yeah that's pretty pretty tough when your only sort of goal scorer is out. Um, and especially if it's someone that hasn't even played for the club and you've missed him this much, you know. Um, so yeah, it's tough times for Chelsea fans, isn't it? Yeah, just hoping he's not rushed back either because we've mm-hmm. seen that with Reese in the past. We've seen it with Chilwell. Um, we saw a little bit with Aspias. You got older like players that were kind of forced back in because other injuries were happening, that they come in, play 60 minutes, then they come straight off because they pull the hammy or just like strain something and then they're out for another month. And so that's just, I'd rather, this this season's already just shambolic in itself. And I don't think we're it's worth rushing any of these star players back, like these big helpers, because they're already at that risk. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Like it's, because it, especially the big guns who are out, James and Nkunku, you cannot force them back because if you make things even worse with them, it's, you know, I was saying this to you guys before, how I think Chelsea are actually potential relegation candidates if Nkunku is forced back and he's out for even longer. And you can add James into that as well because, you know, there's just zero goals going forward. You know, I didn't mention Sterling because none of us have him, but Sterling is a must-sell. He's been pretty, pretty awful. Um, And... I mean, again, I don't know if you have Sterling, are you selling him this week? Probably not. But but yeah, he falls into the same category of um, of getting rid of straight away when it's game week nine, just because he's been he's been really, really poor. Yeah, absolutely. Weirdly, though, Tom, if, if I did have Sterling, um, I'd probably keep him for those two, just two very good game weeks. And he is, he's going to be the talisman. There's going to be no one else to really mm-hmm. uh, take that, that attack forward. Um so I, it'd probably be an okay, you know, very fit. But Chelsea in general, you don't want to be touching at the moment. But it probably wouldn't be that bad having Sterling. No, um, exactly. But, if you have him, if you have him, he's a keep. But he's nowhere near by right now. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I guess should we all look to the longer term? Because is there? I guess in the next couple of game weeks is where a lot of people are going to be wild carding, or at least mm-hmm. if not wild carding, taking one or two negative fours to kind of rearrange the team because there is a decent fixture swing coming up. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. for sure. So I'd say the teams with big fixture swings would be like Brighton after this week. Oh, sorry, after the next couple of weeks and Spurs as well, another big, big swing in their fixtures. So yeah, for sure. I think most people are Holder, Adogi and Madison. So I think, you know, with Son staying at number nine, you know, I was talking last week about how I was a little frustrated or maybe scared even that he'd been, he was going to get moved back to the wing and starts a striker against Arsenal and was unbelievable. Um, it was classic Son, you know, fantastic, fantastic finishes, especially that first one. Uh, I thought that was a brilliant finish to, to sort of get that in the corner. And then he, that's just what he does uh, when he's in form. So if he's staying in that number nine role, he is, he's he's potentially a must-have just because I know how many chances the Spurs sort of Postacoglu team makes. And when you have someone as efficient as Son, he uh, could be very, very good going forward. And even still, that, that Arsenal game has given me a lot of confidence now for that Liverpool game at home where he's going to have so much space in behind because Liverpool like to play that high line. Um, and especially now that they're centre-backs, Van Dijk particularly lacking a little bit of pace in the recent recent times. So he could get definitely be on the end of some big chances. Yeah, I, I have to say, as someone that doesn't own Son, um, I was very happy I didn't do it during Sheffield. But if we're being fully honest, so when, when everyone was going towards the, the Sheffield game, um, as bad as Sheffield are, we know Son very well. And those are not the kind of games that he kind of thrives in. Tight spaces, crosses in the box, like... He, he, he dies where there's space to run into, where there's people running off of him. Um, and yeah, like you said, the Arsenal game was perfect for him, went as well as it possibly could have for you. Um, and now I have to say I'm very, very worried because if he's just going to keep scoring like this, then his spot as the number nine is going to get cemented. And I kind of was hoping that, you know, Richarlison would come in every now and then, um, especially, yeah, just, just knowing that, like, he, Angel likes. Richardson that we know um, wants him to kind of do well. But obviously, if Son's scoring, then you're just not going to take him out. Um, yeah, now I'm, I'm kind of debating whether Salah versus him um, is a good question because before I wasn't even thinking about Son, honestly. I was just all Salah, Salah, Salah by game week nine. Um, but now it's, you know, it's worth, it's definitely worth debating for the 3.5 mil price difference that is between the two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but do you, so like Tom, do you see, like I see Salah as at least, if not a really good captain option and an extremely reliable one, as we've seen, it can get, he basically gets seven to eight points most game weeks. And he, I think he's returned almost every game week so far this season. Um, but if we're going to captain him against Haaland, you know, you, you don't want, you don't want a six, seven, eight pointer. You want the 12, 13, 14s because, Haaland's likely to get six himself, so the limitation damage isn't even crazy there. Um, so, yeah, it makes me really think about... I'm going to have to watch Son this week against Liverpool and really make my decision, because what is it, Fulham and Luton after that or something? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the question, exactly. Because if you've got Salah, then, you've, then you're probably getting Salah against a midfield of, you know, Son, Saka and... Um, Madison. Madison or whoever. Someone. Gakpo even, yeah, Jota. Um, so yeah, that's the sort of decision you've got to weigh up is are those points more valuable? And it's it's, it's tough to say because if you're not going to captain him, it's it's a question of maybe not because I don't think Salah this season has been a major hauler, but he's just ticking along very nicely. He's still the highest scoring midfielder in the game. And of course, that's what you're paying for, for that amount of money. But is it that much more than what you get out of the sort of 8 million midfielders? 
I don't know. He's actually, yeah. he's actually not the highest scoring player in the game. He's one point off. Saka Sonic. One point off, yeah. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, um, it is a very hard one to debate. And I think when you do look at Salah's stats, there's it's nothing insane that I'm like he's going to be the same goal scorer that he was before. I still think he's more of the creator just because that's how the Liverpool system's kind of happened in the past year or two. If Darwin's going to start, then he's definitely a creator more than a goal scorer because Darwin's unable to create. So you can't, it's like you can't, Salah can go from one to the other, but Darwin can't go from goal scorer to creator, like Firmino could. So um, yeah, that, that those small dynamics are what is going to kind of keep me away from Salah or keep me on him. But Gonna have to watch like very very closely over the first next two game weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, definitely, definitely. So, which Liverpool asset do you like right now? If you're not gonna do Salah, if I wasn't do Salah, none. <laughs> really, um, the rotation up top is 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 too much for me. Diaz isn't he's not effective enough or 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 threatening enough to be in your side when he's a rotation risk. Darwin's pretty similar, but. Darwin is effective and, and well, not effective, sorry. Darwin is dangerous. Um, but obviously, we need a bit more time for him to kind of like cement that position because I think Klopp does want to give it to him. Um, Klopp wants that to be his spot, but obviously, he doesn't want to put that pressure on him that he's the main man because um, last season that obviously didn't go go entirely well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got guys, you were talking about Sabat's line a lot. Um, McAllister, like I just they're a bit deep for me in, in the Liverpool side, and I just think there's so many midfield options that you can't really um, turn your head away and go towards those guys. Maybe you could go TAA, but with how much money we're all spending in certain areas, I just don't think it's possible, especially if you've got Trippier like I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, you know, when these guys do play, there's no doubting that they, they get high points. But you know, when you look at that midfield list of who who has the higher points. They're not near the top, you know, that's just the facts. Um, you know, guys like Madison, who are the same price or just a bit more, just give you so much more um value or for points per value just because they play 90 minutes every game. And not not only is that good for when you you know, it gives you more potential to score assist, it just also means that you get bonus on top of that as well. And yeah, it just it just does add up over time that you know, especially after a wild card. You're going to be holding them for a while, and yeah, it just makes it a bit tougher to to pull the trigger on it, especially when you know that you can get guaranteed minutes elsewhere. Yeah, I have to say, um, I have to say that if oh, I just forgot what I was going to say, never mind, someone go off. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah. if I could just take the microphone from you for a second, um, I've been talking about uh, Newcastle forwards potentially being an option, and especially with how poor Jackson has been. Um, Wilson is definitely looking a little bit more, I don't know, looking more attractive than he has before the, Before I made that statement. I think it was, what, two game weeks ago? But also looking ahead at transfers and like looking at the potential minus fours that one could take. Um, maybe it's just because he burned us this weekend. Ollie Watkins could be a very decent asset coming up against Brighton Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Forest, and Fulham up until game week 12. I think yeah. he'd be a uh, a justifiable option if you didn't want to go the uh, the Newcastle route, and so he's someone that's on my radar right now. I don't know yeah, if you guys for sure he does. Like looking at those fixtures now, you know, honestly, some very very good fixtures from game week seven to game week twelve. Um, so yeah, for sure, 
the, th- the problem with, with Watkins this season compared to last is, yeah, if it was last season, I think everyone would be getting him into the team because he was 90 minutes and he was on pens. But I guess the small issue this year is he's not on pens and they have a pretty good backup striker in Duran who they want to give minutes to. So Watkins has often, not not all the time, but he's often come off at 70 minutes, which isn't necessarily ideal. But you know what? He's also been very, he scored last weekend, got the 90 minutes. So maybe going forward, he could be could be more reliable. But of course, they lost their first European game. So I'm sure that they'll be relying. They'll have to put a lot more effort into Europe going forward, which may mean his minutes would be uh, lost in the Prem. Yeah, absolutely. Weirdly, Tom, I find Watkins has become a more attractive option just because less people have him. Um, well, he's obviously going to score across the season, but um, he's not really highly owned anymore. Before, when he was so highly owned, it was like he misses and you're just like, why do I even have this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, now low owned. Maybe when the fixtures turn for Villa, like you're saying, and, and giving was it 9 10, he could definitely be an option. Mm-hmm. No, for sure, for sure. So I, I guess I wanted to really talk about the defence or just generally defenders on this pod because I just think there's there's a ton of, basically, there's a huge route to go, not differential, but different to everybody. Because I think there's a lot of good options defensively um, and not everyone can get to the same people considering money and things like that. So who are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Trippier owner and then obviously seeing last weekend's antics, it was very, very um, frustrating, of course, knowing that you had him because, yeah, finally Trippier gets gets his big haul. Um, three assists, you know what? Like, it was coming. We know how good of an asset he is because of his really, really good set pieces. And obviously it, it all came all came through against Sheffield United. Um, yeah, I mean, again, we, we did speak a lot about, about him last week about maybe, like, question marks about his nailedness, but... You know what? He's just so good. He's captain as well. And yeah, what do you think about his possible rotation going forward? Do you think there is any? Uh, apparently, if I'm honest. But this week, I definitely didn't have any uh, issues with it because they, they played on a Tuesday anyway. And they were playing on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday. Did they play on Sunday? Uh, yeah, Sunday. They played Sunday. So there was mm-hmm. really no worry this week. Um but yeah, generally, there definitely could be. I would say Leicester because they, they need to rotate him. I'm sure Trippier, like he got managed this week. He came off at the 70th minute, um, which makes a lot of sense with Champions League coming up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a good look for us knowing that the managers are thinking about it. And instead of just resting for an entire Prem game, they've decided like we can take him off in the 70th minute. Let's keep doing that as long. And so hopefully we can keep playing him in every game. Um so I think he will. There, obviously, there's good backup, which Livermento, which is a player that's young and definitely going to get minutes at some point in the season. So I, I'm worried to a certain extent, but I don't think it's enough for me. Generally, as well, with European football, when it comes to the best players and the best teams, I just don't think there's reason to really think about that stuff. It's almost like it's inevitable for everybody to a certain extent. Um, and guys like Trippier, you just you just got to get in and just pray that thing never happens because it probably only happened once to you in a space of 15 gamings anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably fair because I think, you know, I could go through the Botman route, but I think I've sort of missed that boat. Like, it's not, Botman's not a regular, regular goal scorer. So, you know, I'm not like, I'm scared that he's going to score again. I think Trippier's the better route to go down. Um, so I think he's the he's the new, second Newcastle defender that I want now that I've shared, which, 
obviously it was probably a mistake now thinking about it and Botman was probably the move because I don't think Cher I don't think Cher's necessarily playing the same way as last season like playing balls in behind I think he's playing a bit more straightforward as a centre-back and when when it's like that then Botman's the better player just because he's he's cheaper but yeah, yeah Trippier Trippier I really like really want to get in for this run and yeah, I think you are right when it comes to these sort of things about the best players and the best teams. Like you, you wouldn't think about Trent when he was at his best and being scared of rotation. So, you know, that's just that's just part and parcel of uh, playing for better teams. Yeah. Also, do you see because what well, obviously people think about double up, like you just said, um, but do you see people? Do you see most people going towards that? Do you see like if you haven't won, you're underrepresented by Newcastle players because like there's a lot of the times where. Like a team gets a clean sheet and you have one of the defenders and you don't even get a, a green arrow from it. You just simply get a mm-hmm. red because everyone has two or three of them. Yeah, uh, I think I, that was the case last season, right? I remember I remember one Newcastle defender, if you had, you would lose points if you if they got a clean sheet just because most people had doubled up on Newcastle. So I think this year it's not necessarily like that yet, but very soon it will be. Yeah, I agree. I'm quite worried. I actually really like that Pierce is Pope. I think it's a decent shout. I think it is a money eater, so it's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one mil could definitely be spent in other places. But I think there's a lot of good defenders out for the next coming weeks. And I think Cash is a great option. Udogi's mm-hmm. still a great option. Um, the stupid will always be a good option. Uh, so I think it is. T- I think it's tough for me at least to get in another Newcastle defender. If I was to do it, it'd probably be a stupid arm, but I don't know if that's worth it. If I'm completely honest. A stup- what do you mean, a stupid arm? If I was to get a, a second Newcastle defender, it would have to be a stupid nine out because Gusto's like oh, right, 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 right. Matty Cash for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see. Defender's really difficult for me from Newcastle. So I'm thinking if you go for Trippier in defence, you've already got the guy who's hopefully going to be on the attacking and the bonus point side of it. Um, just picking up one of the guys like Botman who's going to get six points or seven or eight points most times feels like a good idea. Um, but it's hard to justify moving a keeper, especially if I'm not on the wild card. Mm, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I guess this week as well as League Cup. So as we were saying before with rotation, Livermento probably gets a run out in that, which is good for Trippier's minutes long term, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, anyways. Um, um, so I, anything else that you wanted to bring up? I mean, I guess we could talk about the sort of... Uh, Estupinan. Would you start Estupinan this week away to Villa? Uh, on it, it depends on who you have. Um, if you got the double Newcastle defence, um, well, actually, yeah, I probably would. If I'm thinking about it. I guess if you have an Arsenal, who does, yeah, I guess if you have Arsenal defenders, if you have Manu defenders, if you have City defenders, then probably not. Um, but if you've gone for kind of the cheaper route, like I have, or a lot of us have, you guys like a stupid Anadogi. Um, Matty Cash, for instance, and yeah, you could probably do, you could probably do that stupid man. He, he's in my team right now, so because I'd rather play him away to Villa than play Udogi Liverpool at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I think my my dilemma for this week is um, Eze versus a stupid Yan, and right now I've got Eze in my team just for the. Um, I think he's got just a better potential of getting an attacking return than a stupid Yan, but and I don't think they get a clean sheet, so. I think I'm going for the Eze. Interesting. So you're playing uh, three, three, four, three. Three, five, two. Oh, three, five, two. Oh, okay. 
Oh, but I have Kabori in. I, I guess I have to do a transfer. I, I need to bring in Matty Cash. But if I bring in Matty Cash for Gusto, I have to pick whether I'd want to play Kabore uh, or Stupinan. If I'm being fully honest, I actually think Kabore is probably the better pick this week. I think you'd probably agree there now if he starts both games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably agree, yeah. Um, but yeah, Decently I guess... attacking and then you hope for a, hope for a defensive haul somehow. But Yeah. yeah. There, I, I think in this game week, it's, it, whenever Holland has a good fixture, it's really tough to justify this. But like, genuinely, Saka to Bournemouth away might be a better fixture than for Holland. Um, and Saka's like, in very, very good form. Quite low-key, I think. I, I don't know why. Like, I don't feel like anyone's really talking about him, but he is the top point scorer, tied with Son. Um, he also yeah. scored in the Champions League and got an assist. Um I think we, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Saka is a better option for captaincy at this point than people think. But it's also, I, I'm probably not going to have the cojones to do that. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think one thing comes to mind is I just always remember big man Bakar always posting before Arsenal away games about Saka's away form. And it's it like pales in comparison to his home form. Like you look at it this year, three goals and what and two assists at home. And just one assist away. So, you know, he just gets up, you know, and that's three games compared to two. So, yeah, four games compared to two even. But even still, it's just his away games. It's just never, never, ever as uh, effective, whether that's goals and assists and and the pure numbers as well. Just always, uh, he's a home home form menace. Yeah, interesting. Um, Yeah, that is fair. Born with hard. Absolutely awful at the back, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Do you still have Pickford? I still do. I still do. So, so you're yeah. remaining faithful for the next two game weeks. I might just have to. Um, you just can't sell before losing at home. You can't get a much better fixture than that. And um, yeah, I think I've just kind of got to hold at, at, at this point. And um, what I'm going to try and do is for this week, hold my transfer give myself two for next week but obviously as we get close to the deadline and these league cup fixtures and injuries um maybe i might be forced into doing one yeah i, I think i'm definitely giving pick for the run of two games here um i, I don't want to get keen or over i'm not i'm not excited at all but <laughs> seeing everson win is obviously giving me a bit of confidence that maybe we can get a clean sheet in the next two games um against probably the easiest opponents of the year but at the same time, I, the way I see Everton right now is I actually think we have a very good setup. If I mean, stats-wise, if you look at us, we actually are doing quite well. Um, and we've highly underperformed in games, and that's been obvious if you watch. We just can't, we couldn't finish in the first four games, basically. Um, but I'm not sure Everton have the players that are good enough to sort of turn those the good opportunities that we create from the system we're playing. Um, into actual goals and all that. And, you know, we did it this week against Brentford. Weirdly, I think we're one of Brentford's bogey teams. And um, I said that before the game, um, hoping that Pickford would maybe get a clean sheet. He's close to one. Um, but I am also worried because Pickford, and I, I don't think he's picked up a save point. I think he's picked up one maybe this season, Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was expecting, he's picked up two or three, but only once he's gone over three and it's six. And it was against Sheffield. Um, usually it's been one three two six three one, which isn't that good. And I was kind of expecting us to get peppered like a Sean Dyke team does from usually from long distance and tough spots, which usually results in uh, better chances for our keeper. But 
has been happening. So even if he does get a clean sheet, I honestly do think it's just going to be a six-pointer, sadly. Yeah, I, I think so, possibly too. But I mean, I guess you could argue that for Luton, this is a big fixture for them as well. Like they'll be looking to get points. So they'll, and you, as you said, Sheffield United were the team that um, that made Pickford have to do the most saves. So it could just be one of those cases where against the weaker teams, you guys play more expansive, which means that opportunities directly on goal, so not blocked, become more available for Pickford to save. Um, so yeah, it gives a gives potential for maybe a haul. Because uh, Luton have actually been fairly attacking, to be fair. Like if you look at their numbers, they actually are not awful going forward. It's just at the back when they're dreadful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue a turn a start maybe, but yeah, you want to go, you want to go for Pickford. Yeah. So in the next two game weeks, three game weeks, where are your transfers directed? Newcastle, Liverpool. Brighton. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say those are the two big teams you want to be eyeing up. But I mean, going back to Everton, one I will. We were both talking about how Eze is now a bit of an iffy sort of guy to have in our team. So I was looking at alternate options and I was laughing because I thought Ducore, who's got Luton at home, then Bournemouth at home, two really good fixtures for attacking attacking players. Do you like Ducore or do you like Danjuma? Um, Danjuma, no, because he is a rotation skater. He didn't start this weekend. Um, I do like Andrew if he's playing because he's selfish and he takes a lot of shots and, and gets himself into good spots. Um, but I'd say Ducor is probably our best option. I, I'd love to say Beto and I'd love to see him score critical. Um, but he is only playing around 60 minutes, 65. Mm-hmm. Cavalier scored on the weekend. Um, so I'd imagine maybe Cavalier gets a start if he's fit enough at some point. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, Ducor is the most nailed. He's actually. Far, far more advanced than people kind of assume. He's playing as that number 10, like right behind the striker. Um, you saw where his goal was from in the, in the game on the weekend. And he was just lurking in the box and, you know, did well to get on the end of a, a, of a crop. I mean, someone else heading the ball back into the box. Um, and yeah, Dubois has been like that for a long time for us. I mean, remember his Watford days, he was like that. Um, he's had different roles under different managers. And because of Everton being quite poor, we've had a lot of different ones. So his role just changed a lot um, but Sean Dyke understands his best best abilities and he knows it's in the box kind of getting box to box all the time um, so yeah I, I think he's an option if you're a nutter and you really want to spend mm-hmm. mill on your worst midfielder that you're probably not going to play um, after this these two games but it is two games that you can get a 10 points above and if he scores he'll likely get bonus mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I do think it's an okay move. If if you were getting rid of a midfielder and upgraded a defender, um, and that was kind of your only route, then yeah, you know what? Why not? Especially if you're going into the wild card, give me nine and give me ten. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's someone that you can just bin out quickly and have two really good games. But I, I, if I'm fully honest, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't bet on Everton. There's just so many good options in the game, and having an Everton player in your first eleven, I just don't think makes sense if it's not like someone extremely cheap like Pickford who doesn't yeah, have much yeah. no exactly I mean Matoma's is 6.5 so it's a joke to get Decore at 5.5 I actually think it represents his price quite well but in for what the game is this year and how, many, how cheap so many good options are in the 6 to 8 mil bracket um, it, it really doesn't make much sense yeah exactly exactly I think that's just the unfortunate part of this this year is you just sort yeah, of have I, to you just have to pay that extra bit of money elsewhere 
I actually see him as quite a similar asset to Enzo, but Enzo's five mil, so I think he's just a much better one. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like if Enzo was still on his penalties, like he scored that one, yeah, I think a lot of us would have him in our teams, which would be to our detriment for now. But I'm sure Enzo will start producing. He is playing right behind uh, the striker. Mm-hmm. No, exactly, exactly. Milivojevic esque from back in the days. Yeah, exactly. On pens and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything else we feel we need to cover? No, nah, I think we're we're running out of time on this Zoom, so I think we'll just leave it there. Okay, perfect. Okay, nice.